digger here and ain't no wannabes here with some not so nice advice for your writing career to be clear no punches will be pulled but the punch may be spiked how they like before they get on the mic to my left we got the mighty Mer Lafferty and if I piss her off believe me she'll come after me and her co-host Matt Evan Wallace on the right yes she may be half as hype as she could take him in a fight so settle in folks buckle in and boot up time to meddle in a way to make your writer shut up it's hard work but the perk is that it's fun and exciting Facebook will still be there when you're done writing Ditch Diggers! Coming to you live from the It's 5 O'Clock Somewhere lounge in the Ditch Diggers Manor, it is the Ditch Diggers with Cameron Hurley and Mer Lafferty. Ooh! Yes, uh, we are. It. I was supposed to say the numbers first. I'm oh. Like I said, I'm a professional. It's, it's like 17 years doing this. Uh, it is season 8 and episode 15 of Ditch Diggers. That sounds right. Yeah, that sounds mm. good. All right, so Cameron... Welcome to Ditch Diggers. This is the podcast about uh, business in writing and how it can be soul-killing and crushing and depressing and how to keep going. Is that what the podcast is? <laughs> is that not what the podcast is about, Cameron? I, I thought we were going to do this in an uplifting way, Mer. <laughs> I'll come in again. Again, it's talk five about o'clock. Mer and I are already drinking. That tells you how our weeks have started off, so... <laughs> Yeah, so it is, uh, uh, it's because we talk about the business. It's just the business has been a little frustrating lately. Uh, lately? So Frustrating-er lately. <laughs> so Cameron and I are here to talk about that. We may have an adult beverage or two. I also have seltzer because that's healthy. Although it's mm. kind of a see-through can because it's green. Isn't that cool? Um, that counteracts invisible, invisible uh, seltzer yeah it, it scientific studies have proven <laughs> that that counteracts any alcohol you are to imbibe from here on out indeed indeed so um we are live on twitch we are live on twitch um mondays usually 12 p.m except when we're lucky enough to have cameron join us and then it is 4 30 p.m eastern time and uh um, because i got a day job yo yeah tell us about that day job cameron or or have another drink one or the other uh, yeah yeah probably just have another drink no <laughs> it's a day job where i write all day and try and convince other people to write all day um and it, it it hashes out about how you think but it pays better than fiction so i mean you know i can't knock it yeah i did the math a couple of years ago that mcdonald's paid better than fiction and that was getting well, 100k you know, that was getting 100k advance for a trilogy. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. Yep, for sure. Well, once you take out again, you take out what your agent gets a cut, your the taxes get a cut. Yeah. Um uh, yeah, but by, by the time you, Yeah, you don't get it all at once. Yeah. Yep. You mm-hmm. don't get it all at once. So yep. uh yeah. See the one thing good about the day job y'all aside from mm-hmm. uh health insurance that a lot of people get in America yeah. anyway is um they take the they they take the taxes out for you so when you get your paycheck yeah. that's your money it's all yeah. yours it's exciting and when you're an author and you get a check for let's just round it and say $10,000 well actually you would have gotten what 
$8,500 yeah. because the yeah. agent would have taken their cut. And then you got to put away 35% of that for taxes because if you don't, you're going to get fucked yeah. next tax season. As, as someone who pays a back tax bill every month, yes, you will get fucked. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's the, when you hear someone got a huge, huge advance, just know that there's there's a lot of carving up that big pig in mm -hmm. in the background of who who gets the, the the haunch and who gets the legs and I'm I'm running out of pig metaphors here but um when you get a major advance that pig you don't get the whole pig you don't get the whole pig you get a couple of hamburgers yeah uh, here's royalty season's coming up for me uh so again September October it's a great time to get royalties because mm -hmm. it is also um uh, the season where I buy my my mums and my bulbs. Oh, excellent. so yes, I buy flower bulbs. You know, I pay off a couple. Uh, you know, pay off a couple bills. I get a couple bulbs and mums. Um, maybe we get we we pay part of a roofing payment or some shit, and that's it. That's it, ladies and gentlemen. That's I'm twelve books, thirteen books in, and mostly it's just like shit. Yeah. I just spend a grand on bulbs, flower bulbs. Yeah. And then it comes in and then it's gone. Um, but no, no. I mean, I do the, yeah, you do the math sometimes and you're just like, yeah, I, I think I made it like 10 months without a, a day job and it sucks because you're poor. And I think Nick Babachas has this, this great book. Um, what's it called? Starve, starve better. Starve really better, good. Yeah. I highly recommend it. Anyone who wants to be a working writer because he really, he he understands like, hey, if you can be okay with being a work having a working class income, you will be happy to be a writer because you can make a working class income as a writer. It's writing everything, right? You're writing people's term papers. You're writing uh, your Fiverr. You're right. You know, you're taking all these hustle jobs. Yeah. You can do it. It just really fucking sucks. <laughs> it's just you're not you're not making. You know, you're not Castle living in New York city, partying all the time and maybe writing a paragraph every weekend. <laughs> just, that's no, not how it works. Right. Yeah. Did we uh, see you know what? Right? I felt like, yeah, I think there was like, when he, you know, when he writes when the rest of us write, which is that week before the book is due. <laughs> and then he takes a week off from seeing her at the police station. It's like, well, his, his mom's walking by. Doo, 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 and it's like, doo, 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 montage, montage. And then it's over. And then he's yeah. written a book for another year. And I then really he cashed. I could write in a montage. I know. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, just going back just a second. Cameron's a bigger author than I am, so I find this ridiculous that I have to say this. But just in case, in case you don't know, Cameron's got basically the Garden of Eden in her backyard. I'm not exaggerating even a little bit. Go to her Instagram. It, it like, it brings my soul peace to look at her Instagram and I don't even live there. And so when Cameron talks about buying bulbs, mm. you oh, yeah. know that A, there's going to be a lot and B, it's for a really good reason. Cameron buying bulbs is like the people in Buckingham Palace saying, we got to seed the lawn. I mean, <laughs> it's a big deal. So really go to, go to Instagram, look at Cameron's stuff you know, I want to tell them to follow you as an author, too. But, hell, right now, followers a gardener, because, goddamn, mm. beautiful, beautiful I, stuff. I don't even know how you yeah, do it. I, I've been learning a lot. Again, it's 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 nice to have something 
In fact, I was talking to a friend about this because uh, he does woodworking and it does beautiful little things. I was like, oh man, you should really sell this stuff on Etsy. And he's like, I don't really want to monetize it. And I'm like, yeah. oh, you don't want to monetize every aspect of your life? <laughs> And really, it's like the gardening and painting was like that. And in yeah. fact, you know, I think I stopped painting when I tried to start selling the paintings. And then I was like, then it's monetized. It's not fun anymore. Were you, um, this, this is going to be what Matt and I call a perfect segue. Mm. Were you monetizing your paintings, like trying to sell them as is? Or were th- was this when you were selling them as a Patreon benefit? As a Patreon benefit. Yeah. And so you could get them seg- for. Segue into Patreon. Oh! oh! Check it out what I Look just at, did. You're a professional, Mer. I'm totally professional. We want to talk about Patreon because we, as people who have Patreons, we get to ask questions about this nonsense all the time. So yes. you go ahead, Mer. Anyway, the reason why I was asking is I remember <laughs> when you had the, the I'm going to do a Bob Ross painting and you can buy, you can get one if you, sub, you know, support mm-hmm. at a certain Patreon level. Yeah. And then I realized you'd t- stop talking about painting and you'd stop yeah. offering that. And that made me kind of sad because I remember when you said yeah. that painting was really helping you with some depression yeah. about yeah. six years ago for, you know, reasons that we're not going to talk about. But I'm sure if yeah. anybody has a shred of a brain <laughs> cell, they can probably think about why. <laughs> Um, let me scroll back. Yeah, <laughs> it is tw- for anybody listening in the future to the feed. It is uh, currently 2022. Yeah, two. Yeah. Anyway, mm. carry on. Uh, yeah. So, um, but I think I think that was part of it, and I actually I'm considering getting back into it again with the purpose being I'm not gonna try to monetize them in any way, shape or form. But then it comes the problem of you got to get rid of them somehow. So I think I'll just give them away. I'm thinking that's, I'll basically just be like, okay, if you support me at a certain level on Patreon, maybe you'll just get a surprise every once in a while. And I yeah. will send you painting. Um, just because at a certain point, I just, I, I, I need to have something in my life that's mine. Yeah. Um, and I talk with my assistant about this constantly. He's always like, oh, you could do this and you could have a, Think about it. And I said, I need to have a certain amount of my life that is just for me. I'm not monetizing my garden. I might occasionally do walkthroughs and that's fine, like on Instagram or something. Um, but I don't want to become a gardening influencer. <laughs> I just oh, that, don't. I was going to ask how you would monetize your garden. It would be like, oh, yeah, you do miracle grow, blah, blah, blah kind of thing. I use the and a, a chicken influencer. I mean, you can be an influencer about fucking anything at this point. Exi- um, of course, they exist. Never mind. Oh I'm yeah, they do. Sure. I follow them, Murph. Yeah, <laughs> follow the duck influencers. Are you get Eddie the duck? I follow them all. It's wonderful. God bless them. That way, yeah. I don't have to do it. Yeah, I, I, I've kept my music for me solely for me. I don't even play for my family because they're both musicians, and wherever I am in my musical journey is just like will always be way, way below them. And so it's kind of like, I know they want to support me and they do listen when I practice and they're very supportive, but they don't push me to like perform. Mm-hmm. And I'm 49, so I'm not asked to do recitals. Also COVID. But um, yeah, the music's just for me and I like that. I've also been pouring resin in my basement and uh, I've been getting better and better. And I thought about the whole selling stuff but i the the main um youtube guy i watch has been like he did the whole like okay i helped somebody out on their kickstarter and so i tried to figure out if it was worth it for me to sell dice and so he he like tracked all everything he spent in trying to 
in time and money and and um and supplies in fulfilling this Kickstarter requirement that he agreed to do, and it was not worth it. This is why, guys, if you if you if you're a dice lover and you go to Etsy and you see dice and you see there's sixty dollars, mm. there's a reason for that. It takes so much time and so much effort to hand create dice. And I can do it, but I could just have fun and enjoy myself. And like, like you said, I've I've also thought about just like throwing some resin mm -hmm. gifts to yeah. Patreon supporters, Here's but not promising it because then it's stressful. Yes, then it's exactly then it's stressful, and that's and that's what really got to me is and because I think of that with a Patreon story every month, right? And I have other rewards I do, and I do videos, and I do behind the scenes stuff, I do a hangout. And after a while, it's just not fun anymore. It's work, yeah. right? It becomes your work. And I think that's that's something that is every writer realizes once they become like a, a paid writer and you're on a contract, all of a sudden that thing you were doing for fun that was really great becomes a job. I mean, whether you're making $10,000 a year or $100,000 a year writing, it's a job because $10,000 is still not nothing, Yeah, you know? Um, and it, it's a big deal to get a check a few times a year that's like for five grand. That's yeah. like amazing to get just a chunk of change and you're like oh wow and you're paying credit cards and buying bulbs and you know whatever it is that you do it's great um it's not nothing but it's it's work and it becomes work um and again as humans we kind of becoming that you know capital everything is capitalism yeah you know everything making the money is just it's exhausting because you've monetized all your heartbeats you know um Ooh, it's very that's hardcore cameron I know. I've been thinking someone about clip this a that. Lot. <laughs> someone clip that. Monetizing all your heart. Your heartbeats are being monetized, friends. Yeah. Damn. I. I. I it's like I. All I. All I wanted to do was. I had some friends I wanted to to get send a thank you gift to. And I thought I'm gonna make them some dice, and then then yeah. I've, I've got tons of molds. I can make anyone a chess set. I can make a bunny i can make a notebook i mean i got a lot of shit i can make and then mm. suddenly when i'm thinking i want to make gifts for these specific people it's like even just that was enough of a stressor to hold me back like mm. is this good enough i'm not sure mm. if it's good enough is it mm. is it you know what if i pour this and it doesn't work out and I've got leftover stuff. What do I do? How can I use this for a purpose instead of just let's pour some resin in a thing and see what it looks like when we pull it out, which is what I'm doing it for. And even just like trying to make some gifts for some friends, it's a lot. And which is... <laughs> Okay, wait. I'm sorry. I, I I've been trying to not go to chat so much in the actual recording of the show for the feed people, but I just have to say, Shauna just said, "Now I'm wondering how I can monetize having a pacemaker." Shauna, we we we, we salute you. That's awesome. If you could figure that out, you will be so freaking wealthy. I told her in the in the chat, make a pacemaker live stream. There's got to be. I bet there's some out there right now. Play some music to it, ASMR that shit. I, you know, how do you? You could live stream like here it is inside my chest. <laughs> oh, God. Like wow, look at that! It is, and they'd be waiting for like an event. Sorry, we're gonna get dark here, but this is the problem with capitalism. Is my point? Is 
every single little thing. And, and that's why it's like, you are literally selling pieces of yourself, right? Your time is finite. Um, and yeah, and I, I think about this a lot, obviously. So, yeah. I'm Where sorry. I'm like, I just, I just got, I just got no very problem. like, <laughs> I just got kind of, kind of scared there for a second. Just like, okay. What else do we want to monetize? Let's monetize know. my, I, you know, I was, I was trying, yeah. I was trying to help my violin teacher. Uh, he's talking about possibly streaming and I was trying to come up with, uh, you want to talk about streaming and mental health, or, or rather music and mental health connected. And so I looked up like music streams and I looked up mental health streams. Did you know what mental health gives you? It gives you, 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 you titty women humming into a microphone. And I'm like, I, I've heard this exists, but I'm like, there's a woman dressed as a nurse with cleavage, just, magical cleavage and and just like ticking and humming and 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 purring into a microphone and i'm like this is the world we live in and i will never ever have the twitch following she does because i'm not going to show my titties and hum into a microphone i'm sorry but good for her. Good for her. For I am not trying to slut shame or anything. Yeah, I was going to say. Baffled. You got to use it. Hustle. I, it sucks. I'm judging I mean, the viewers, yeah. not the woman who's making the money. She's. Yeah. Yeah. Good for her. Good for her. Again, the woman who was, who was selling her farts in jars. Good for her. <laughs> I want to sell my fart in a jar for a hundred bucks a pop. Too is like at a certain point you're just scamming people. <laughs> I guess that's the point. I'm not good at scamming people. Yes, I, I don't. Well, here's the thing too: is Mer, are we here to make money? And we are, we all have to make money because we have to live. Or are we here to write words and to make stories and to do things that we love? Making money is awesome, and I want to make money, which is why I have a day job. But it's like, but when at the end of the day, like I look at it and go, well, yeah, I could spend my time doing something I don't enjoy. If that woman enjoys popping into the microphone good for her yeah i wouldn't enjoy that no you know um but i enjoy writing and so i will monetize the writing because it's something i enjoy doing i mean patreon writing a short story every month even some months where i'm like lying on the floor like oh i don't want to do it is this how you know robert Howard felt when he had to pay his you know his rent every month because that's what i use it for i use patreon to pay like pay back my um well, my back taxes and really boring shit, right? Oh, the utility, yeah. the water bill, the yeah. energy bill, going yeah. up. the really boring things, but I have to do it so I can pay those bills. At the same time, I really like the stories. I wouldn't be writing as many stories if um, I wasn't making what I am on Patreon because I, I wouldn't be motivated to do it. Um, so I think that in that case, I actually, I really enjoy the Patreon because I feel like I'm, I'm getting enough out of it and I'm putting enough into it that there's this nice kind of symbiotic thing going on, but not everything is like that in my life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There is some discussion in the chat of how to break into the fart in a jar uh, market. <laughs> I think she made that up. I think you just have to be a visionary. I, I you know, I, to this day, sometimes when you hear about somebody who's just ready to scam the, tar yep. off people you have to be like you know what you go 
you go. Yeah. I'm thinking maybe, um, here's the deal, Valerie. You want to go into the um, underarm sweat market. Mm. Like, fart in a jar is already covered. So you want to do the Mythbusters thing and, like, watch a scary movie and, and grab your underarm sweat and say, this is fear in a jar. And then, like, you know, watch a, a love story or a porno or watch a love story and tell them it's a porno or something. And then grab that. So You're giving away gold here, Mer. I'm, gi- I'm giving away oh gold to, 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 gold to Valerie. I, Valerie deserves gold. Kids are asleep. Everyone follow the kids are asleep. She's amazing. Good writer. Good streamer. Good stuff. But yeah. uh, bespoke artisanal bodily fluids. Nice. Someone should sell mm. their dog's farts. See, now then you have to follow your dog and get their farts. No, you don't. Oh, that's Mer- right. You just... You just get, get buy a bunch of empty jars and send them to people. <laughs> Mer, you make life easy and You put a little label on it, and you. But here's the thing too: your dog needs to be an influencer first, right? It's like it's not like fart dog fart in a jar profit buy a jar profit. It's like you have to build up a following for your dog and have all these cute dog videos, and make it entertaining, and become a TikTok sensation. Then you can sell. The dog's starting jar, which is really just you buying a bunch of jars from Michaels, Michaels and sticking a thing on it. Here's my problem with all of this. Now, granted, okay. people who can do it, fantastic. Yes. More power to them. The thing is, I don't want to deal with people who will buy a fart in a jar. <laughs> I want nothing to do That's with yes. them. I don't yes. want their money. Perhaps I'm speaking from a privileged area and thinking that I can pay my bills and so I don't need to deal with fart and jar money, but I don't want to. Mm. And fair. I don't want to deal with viewers who want to watch me wear very little clothing and hum into and click into a microphone. I don't want those viewers because you watch the chat and they're just like, date me. I love you. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, she's she's wearing not a lot of clothes and humming into a mic. It's like, what are you going to talk about at dinner? You're not. Well, if, if they actually got their, if, if they got their <laughs> wish and you took it to the logical level, like they'd take you out to McDonald's or maybe an Olive Garden and they would, and you'd sit there and it's like, do you just like, undo a button and go mmm tick 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 I mean what 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 do they think is going to happen I don't want to deal with people like that and I know mm. that me not wanting no, to deal with people, people like, like that like means that. what we, we, have, we have people like that though fewer of them but we have we have those weird people tell me I I, I just think that we do you mean, I mean I, I want you to tell me right. like in, in science fiction you don't don't like name names, but just tell me like who is who is undoing a button and humming at their date in science fiction. That oh, I mean like, like there are there are fans. That's what I'm saying. There are fans who of our stuff who are weird like that. Yeah. I mean you can't you can't. And, and I think someone actually said in the chat they're like, oh, you know you can't really like there are people I would prefer not to read my books who read my books. Yeah, and it's like yeah, I mean that's true. Yeah. Um, I guess I'm more... You can't control everything. Yeah. But I'm saying, like... But you can control how you spend your time on this earth, Mer. And that, <laughs> I think, is what we're talking about. To bring it back. It sounds like you want to do a segue, Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> and leave farts in a giant? What? 
I don't know if you want to I leave farts think, in a jar. And I think and I think that's the issue is what we're talking about is how do we want to spend the days of our lives? Oh, that's a good And moving through an hourglass are the days of our lives. Um, my, you mom, know, my mom loved that soap opera. I know. I was going to say how many people get that reference anymore. Me? But it's, it, I know, it's old. Um, actually, that show is probably still on. Frankly. I think it is. So, it's probably uh, got the same characters having the same Same problems. characters. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And their children's children's friends and their new identities. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, but I think that's what we're talking about is, is what, what you are choosing to monetize, right, in your life is the stuff that you are choosing to spend your time on. And that counts with the day job, too. Um, and some days, you know, I'm filling out a freaking spreadsheet going, why am I spending my heartbeats on this? And it's like, well, because it pays well and I have to feed my dogs. Um, and I don't mind doing it in the way that I wouldn't mind doing some of these other things, right, uh, to your point. So. Yeah. Uh, and I do prefer, I do really like the anonymity of the day job. I think that's something that's good too. True. And that, you know, whenever, whenever I get the crossover, cause my little team, you know, knows that I write books, but I don't like to talk about it a lot because I just want to do my job and go home. Um, and it's when I go to events and stuff, then it's, it's like, then you're Cameron Hurley, the writer mm-hmm. and you kind of got a thing. Whereas this is like, I'm just doing my job and writing blogs and running these accounts and it's fine. And, um, and I don't mind it, you know? Yeah. And it's writing and it is a writing job. Uh, that's the thing too. It is a writing job. It's writing for other people. It's writing things that don't necessarily really matter to me. Um, but it's a writing job and there are much worse things that I have done and could do. So, you know, I feel like every time I complain about this, I'm, I'm sounding like I'm like putting down, a kink or a certain kind of person in that the fart in the jar market and you know guys points out i haven't made any new content in a while but i didn't did not find my adult content come customers to be a lot worse than customers when i was a cashier at a department store that's not a that's not a high bar but still Somewhere but still, I could block them easier than when I worked for the stores. Also, in our job for everyone. So yes, yeah, I. It, it's just the, you do come across a little critical, Mer. That is true. I do I, look. I just want to say that when you get into a sexual type of content creation, you're going to have people who think that they can have more of you than they have, and say, yeah. you know, the whole date me and I love you and blah blah blah, instead of just like let me enjoy you clicking into a mic, and I am uncomfortable with that. I'm uncomfortable just like just random people saying I want to date you. I don't I don't want oh. that in my stream. I don't want that in my my audience. I hate that too. But let me tell you, as a writer, I've also gotten that a lot more of it twenty years ago. But I've also gotten a lot of that where you get randos. Yeah, you know I can I can name names of <laughs> some people <laughs> on me twenty years ago. Um, where you know you're like. Though that's uncomfortable and that's crappy. Um, I think that's just like, but any, and here's the problem. Here's the issue. Anytime you're or creating something publicly, and that's why I talk about that public persona versus I'm at work right. and doing my thing. Um, I'm writing as a ghostwriter, right, for these big brands. So my name isn't in on anything. But as soon as you put something out and I am Cameron Hurley, this is a work that I have made. Like people just objectify you. They just do because yeah. you're a persona. You're not a human being. And it's, and it's uncomfortable and it sucks and it's horrible, but that's part of the job. And I think that we don't talk about that a lot um, as creators. It's like, 
when you cease to be Neil Gaiman, a human being, and suddenly you're Neil Gaiman, the Neil Gaiman. Um, and people forget, like, we all have problems. You know, we've got real problems. And we are not like that snippet that you saw online or, oh, you read my book. Like, a human being is very complex. And there are many things. But you are going to be, and, and Elizabeth Fair talks about this, you are going to become an authorial construct. Yes. You're an authorial construct. You are not a real person. And this is why, and I, I harp on writers all the time, don't go on the internet looking for stuff about yourself. They're not writing about God, you. No. They're writing about their interpretation. They made up ideas they have based on this one thing that they've read or this one headline they read or this one thing they heard. The things I have heard about myself are just amazing. Where I'm like, how did you even how did you even think about that? And at a certain point you just gotta let it go. They're not talking about you. It has nothing to do with you. 90% of the time when you're getting reactions to something you said or your work, it's about that person. And a lot of times it's about that person and that they have some things that they need to deal with. Yeah. Sometimes you hear some value, like if you hear it a lot, right? You're like, well, maybe I should address that. But for the most part, if you're in a thorough construct, you are something that they are you know, pushing against. And you have to think about that in your own life. Like, I don't know anything about, oh, I don't know, some famous i can't even keep up with famous people right. anymore right. this is the other problem or i will, as soon as i went to clarion and i met like octavia butler oh and God. i met mcintyre i know she's you know and i met greg bear and then i'm just like oh these are just people yeah you know like i had that transformative moment when i was like 20 and like after that you know it's like again like sitting i was i remember sitting at a uh a convention and yeah neil gaiman is sitting at the the table across and he just looks exhausted yeah he's had a really tough time and my husband's I'm like trying to surreptitiously take a photo i'm like babe you know come on we're just we're all exhausted and we're people can we can we all just sit down and yeah. have a nice little you know meal skit meal and it's fine like let him let him relax he's about to jump on a plane clearly he's just chatting with somebody before he goes it's like you have to realize like everyone is just a person um but i think unless you have been around a lot of people who, oh, you know, you're, I'm, I'm fam- I tell that to you all the time. I'm like, I'm not famous, but I'm famous to like a few thousand people. Yeah. And if I get in a room with those few thousand people, it's like, it's, it's, it's the craziest thing in the world. Yeah. You think you're something that you're not yeah. because in your everyday life, like I'm writing these ghost blogs for, you know, big brands. Yeah. Um, I gotta go and grocery shopping and, you know, walk yeah. the dog. It's like, I pick up dog shit all yeah, day. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, yeah. But, um, but yeah, people are, the only thing they're aware of is the little pieces that they see and they construct an identity out of that. And that is not us. So. Yeah. Yeah. Even when you, you give more of yourself as, you know, people have done in the last 14 years on social media, I'm going mm-hmm. from the Twitter creation. Um, there's probably more, but that's what I'm going on. Um, yeah, it, it, you're still holding stuff back. You're not. That, that's what I love about Elizabeth Bear's thing is like, mm. they're still going on their own headcanon of who you are when they don't know you because they're not around you all the time. I get, um, I, I don't know how to say this without sounding like a, a raging egomaniac. <laughs> And Cameron, you know me better than a lot of people here, so you know I'm not a raging egomaniac. I'm a pathetic people pleaser. But um, I I had I had brunch 
yesterday with an old friend and I, we hadn't we'd like connected once in the past 25 years or so and this was the second time we connected and I learned a lot about him and he didn't ask much about me and I'm like I'm a writer I I, I achieved things that I wanted to achieve and he doesn't care <laughs> that's okay I, I guess yeah that's okay but it's like I, I to him I was just this 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 friend from high school. I was not what I, what I've tried to build in my public and, and private and and, yeah. and you know public or or professional persona. I'm just you know the, the the one he hung out with in high school, and that was okay. We had a great time, but part of me was just say, like I, I find that refreshing. No, yeah. it was it was, but but part yeah. of me was like, don't you care? I'm fucking Lafferty. Fucking Star Wars book, man. Star Wars. I went to the ranch. goddammit! <laughs> I did not I, go to the ranch. I did not go to the ranch. I thought they put you in a room at the ranch. No, they put was me in a room in San Francisco. San Francisco. Okay. I did not go to the ranch. I went. Listen, to- she didn't go to the ranch, people. Okay. Listen. <laughs> to get that my back, Cameron. <laughs> No, no, no. I, I did not go to the ranch. Well, you clarified to- that, Murr. So now it's not hoity-toity Murr who's going to the ranch. All right, then. No, hoity-toity Murr got flown out to the San Francisco offices, which my agent told me had a beautiful view of the bay, but they put me in the basement <laughs> with no windows. Never- that's you're locked in a room with the script. I was locked in a room with the script. They were very, very concerned about the script. They didn't. They cared more about the script than like my personal <laughs> items. Like we're going to lunch. And I'm like, can I leave this stuff behind? And she looks at like my bag, and she looks at the script. She's like, better take the script. And so, <laughs> yeah. so yeah, it's it, it's the times you you. Yeah, the the times you expect people not to care, they're gonna mm. care. And then the other half, mm. I mean, maybe you think maybe you want to see me have made something of myself from high school because I was a total yeah. nerd and and shy and unfortunate and um twelfth twelfth <laughs> in in the list of of achievements. Like I was not salutatory. I was not valedictory. I wasn't even in the top ten. I was twelfth. So mm. that's like. That 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 was just total whiff. Total almost hit the grand slam. I just you know missed, and so you want to think, hey guys, look what I did, and um, yeah, didn't happen, but that's okay. Uh, there's been see, a rum. There 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 sounds more. I was gonna say, yeah, we're quite chatty. So, but here's my thing with that. We're you're sounding very royal. We here. We're we're quite chatty. I'm says Cameron too, speaking about Mur. I'm here too. Listen, um, you talk for a while. Yeah, I was gonna say. Here's the thing. I could give a shit what anyone in high school thinks about me. I have, I have like one person that I that I talk to is my friend for ever and ever. She, we've been friends for so long. I call her my sister, and it's like. That, and that, and we don't have to have that conversation because you've known each other since you're 14, and you know, yeah, and yeah. That, like, here, she's coming out here, in fact, next week. Um, so it's you know, whatever that's that's like family. Um, the rest of people, I could give a fuck if I wanted, if I cared what balls ass, <laughs> what they thought, 
I would have kept in contact with them. And it's, yeah. it's very telling that this is someone you'd only talk to once or twice. And I do get that there is that, I think, and I think maybe I felt, I felt that way maybe like in my mid to late twenties or, you know, you, or you always want to kind of prove yourself, but I've proven myself to myself. Yeah. So I don't care what they think. I remember one of them was telling me one of them again, that I, I text occasionally on like, um, Twitter or something was like, oh yeah, I ran to so and so, and he said he just he had all these things to say about why he didn't like you know your book, and it's always now it's like, well, which one? And then it's like, I don't care, <laughs> I don't care if he liked it or not. He was an asshole. He's still an asshole. I can get, but goddamn, what the guy living in his mom's basement thinks when I went to high school with twenty some years ago. Um, I just don't care. Yeah, uh, and I think I think some of that is like I care far more about you know what my peers and my peers these days are more like other writers, other mm-hmm. creatives. I care more about what they think and my ideal reader thinks, and I think that's important to keep in mind too. There are people who say they're your fans, and they are not your fans, like Star Wars fans, quote oh, yeah. unquote. Who definitely not yeah, fans. Those are not fans. No. Um, but my ideal readers, who are camera really readers, who love you know what I do. Um, are there for every book like I care what they think of me and that's important to me um but for a lot of the time you know I've been extremely freeing to just realize like I don't care I don't care because it does not affect me in any way shape or form you know does not affect my bottom line or how I think about myself or any of that um I don't care so so here's the deal Cameron I apologize because to you this is (laughs) old but I don't know who among us is listening has not heard the story. However, oh, okay. Oh, is this the chicken story? No, or the turkey. Okay, it was, so yeah, it's the foot in the boot story. I wasn't even going to go <laughs> into the turkey. It's a turkey, not a chicken. It's a turkey. Okay, folks, here we go. Whenever Merch drunk, she brings this up. So here you go. You guys are all get to hear the just turkey chicken. Point story. out, not. I was just going to point out how Cameron <laughs> looks at the world. And I, I yeah, admire it okay. so much. And I connected to her grandmother. Her grandmother mm-hmm. found a Nazi foot in a boot. And that's all she found. And there was the whole, like, if, you f- if you're if you found with, like, a dead Nazi, your family gets murdered. So you gotta get rid of the... And you throw the boot in the Seine. It was at the Seine. It was it a was river the, or something. I don't think Nancy Francis did But the yeah, it was the river. Yeah, sure. It was a set. So, uh, I love how this story has changed over the years. Has and Mars told it. But keep going, keep going. No, this is good. This is good content. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying that it's like Cameron going. I don't care. I don't care what they mm-hmm. think of me. I don't care. I'm like, I wish I could do that. And then I keep thinking about like your grandmother was the one who threw the foot in the river. My grandmother was the one who chased the turkey up the tree. And it's like. <laughs> I know that you, Cameron, have had experiences in your life. You, not not your family, not anything else, but you've had experiences where you can look at the experiences in your life and go like, fuck you, I don't care. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I have not. I have not had your experiences. I've had the privilege of not having your experiences. I'm not complaining. I don't want the, the bad experiences, but it's like, I am still just like, I kind of care. No, you do care. I, care. I don't want to care. My husband has the same thing. I mean, he's just like, I really care. And I think that's a virtue. I mean, you know, you, you're you all nicer than me. 
um, I'm I'm an asshole. <laughs> I'm an asshole who has learned to try incredibly, who has worked incredibly hard to not be an asshole. But I think that asshole part of me is the one that's like, I could give a shit. I don't care. But um, you've which is very hard. You in that sense, not in like a lot of other senses, which is why I've tried to be less of an asshole. Yeah. You, you have worked very hard bottom line. I mean, you know, you, you've busted your ass. And your, your husband is an awesome person who is not an asshole. Yeah. And very delightful. And if you compare me with him, I will feel like warm in my center because your husband's delightful and I like him a lot. And, but, but, you know, it's like, you're talking about how you don't care about those people. Now, granted, the, person i was talking about from my high school was one of my best friends we just kind of lost touch and yeah. just recently reconnected mm-hmm. so so he's not one of those high gen- generic high school people that i don't care about i've not been to a high school reunion i've not tried to to make myself awesome i've not tried to go to the high school reunion going like i've been to the ranch because a i have it and b they wouldn't care they wouldn't know what that is Cause listen, people, she hasn't been to the ranch. We've gotten that straight, okay? <laughs> I believe Urban Bohemia just unfollowed me because I haven't been to the ranch. <laughs> that's so, the only reason anyone was following you. That's Mark. right. That's right. Been to the ranch. <laughs> exactly. No, that it's really the whole grandmother story, Cameron. Is the fact that I admire you. I admire the fact that your grandmother was a badass. I admire the fact that you're a badass. <laughs> And just the fact that your grandmother's story is so diametrically opposed to my grandmother's story, it's just really funny. That's all. My, my gra- you, if you buy Station Eternity, which is coming out on October 4th, you will hear the story, which is only slightly fictionalized about my grandmother winning a live turkey in a radio giveaway and driving home with it in her trunk and then opening the trunk and having the turkey surprise fly out and run down the street and my grandmother run after it screaming that is i thought that was badass on myself i was like she could have just been like well fuck that turkey see that's what i would do i'm like that ah, well that's gone <laughs> of course i would have been like why did i put well, I guess live turkey go buy in a frozen trunk without anything else and how do they expect me to kill this i live in a suburb of charlotte Wait, Shauna has questions. Where was the rest? Oh, oh. Uh, Jasmine wants to know, where was the rest of the body, Cameron? So here is the actual, well, here's the story handed down to me over, so God knows, right? These are all. So my grandmother, my grandmother lived in Nazi-occupied France, in Nazi France, um, during World War II. And there was a rule that if, you know, that when uh, among the Nazi, you know, who had taken over, like if there was one Nazi killed, then they would kill 20 French people for every Nazi that they killed. Right. Very common Gestapo fascist thing to do. Um, so my grandmother and her friends, again, she's late, mid to late teens, I think at this point, late teens, because I think she came over when she was 20 something. Um, late teens. And uh, they were yeah, along the river and they found a Nazi boot with a Nazi foot in it um just sitting in the river and they're like where the fuck yeah where the fuck is the rest of the nazi they're like well shit if somebody finds us with this nazi boot they're gonna assume there's a dead nazi somewhere and they're gonna start looking for a dead nazi and then if they find a dead nazi they'll kill 20 of us so my grandma picks up the boot she throws it back into the river so that they don't have to worry about you know somebody finding this thing and looking for a dead nazi god knows it could have been it could because here's the thing so there are many things so it's like those foot in the feet in the sneakers Mur, that story about the feet and the sneakers. So 
People find the the footprints in the sand story or I no, this is different. So um we we everyone always asks like, oh, it's it's like this this thing that happens every year when um in like Canada, where a bunch of feet will wash up in inside sneakers will wash up on the shore. You're like, what the fuck is this about? Well, the reason it happens apparently is because your ankles are uh, one that like it's a it's a it's a place in your body that will naturally snap and people will eat and everything will eat it. And the boots or the sneakers float, so you're very likely to find. So even though the rest of the body might fall to the you know the side or whatever and then be at the bottom of the river, the boots tend and the sneakers tend to float. So you'll see a lot of uh, feet inside of boots and sneakers washing up on the beaches. But why Canada? Uh, the Gulf Streams. I don't know. But a lot of times it's in Canada. Yeah. I blame the Gulf yeah, I've Stream. Asked, I've asked uh, Shauna and Preemie about their Canadian feet think problems. <laughs> we don't like to talk about it, says Preemie. So thanks, Cameron. <laughs> yep, yep. Yep. We we have it's had insane. an evil Mur summoned and um I said add a question with that and so K Kimmy has asked Evil Mur and Cameron what is the reason to write and publish if not money or fame? Cameron, I don't know if you have a um a mustache, but uh I don't. I need you. I want to be an admitted asshole. Maybe you could just answer I am for an real. I love Cameron. She's awesome. Um, so I'm gonna put my mustache on. So man, I need my fake beard. I I was thinking of getting a fake beard at some point. Okay. Um. Next anyway, one. you go first since you're ready, Mur. Yeah. Next one. So you you go. I'm ready with the mustache. I'm not ready with anything else. So, oh. uh, what oh. is a reason to write and publish, if not money or fame? I'm gonna go back in time and ask. 12-year-old Murr, who just got her hands on a brother word processor, which could write out an entire word, entire line on a screen, and then when you're done with the line, the typewriter would write it. And it sounded really impressive, because, you know, you didn't have any back thing. And it, it's just... Shit, I don't know what Evil Murr would say. I'd answer the story for... Re- and answer the- Evil Murr works for money and fame. If not for money and fame, I don't know, to torture your enemies? You write lies about them? I just I just reread and rewatched uh Curtain by Agatha Christie, which I did not realize how brilliant it was because A, the bad guy was just a manipulator, not a murderer, and B, the way Poirot dealt with it was, spoiler, I'ma murder you. And that was how he dealt with it, which makes you wonder if Poirot looks at his entire back history as, well, maybe murder is the right way to go. But that's my point. I'm not sure where it was. <laughs> Camera's like, yeah, it's a drink. It's a drinking stream, Mer. Let's go. Um, she shouldn't have had that second round, people. She I was doing good that. until then. I was doing good. Did you get your beard? Go get your beard. I had a beard. I had, this is my second one. Beard. Oh, beard. I don't have it. I don't have one. I was telling you I was you thinking. You just about said it. you needed it. I thought you were going to go get it. It's, it's. You thought I was going to go on Amazon and they would just bring it to I my door. I had a beard <laughs> with you. Jason, go get the beard. <laughs> What's he doing there? He should be he should be off work. Go get the beard. Deal with the ducks and go get the beard. Come on, man. So, uh, 
Why do you do it? I don't know. Manipulation, money, sex, drugs. Really, why I do it, why, why, while Mur, why Mur does it is I wanted to tell fun stories about the books I read that ended in a way that was not satisfying to me, which in the 80s didn't have a name. But now it's fanfic and there's AO3. But at the time, I was writing like, you know, Fred Saberhagen and Anne McCaffrey uh, mm. fanfic because the stories didn't end the way I wanted to or they ended and I wanted them to keep keep going. Yeah. So there's the evil Mer and the, the good Mer reaction to it. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's really what I got into writing, right? Is that it's for me life sucked and it was boring and i didn't have much of a social life because my parents never wanted me to go anywhere and we lived in the middle of nowhere which is fine i love the woods um and i didn't really like people but it meant that i didn't have much to do so i was constantly entertaining myself out there on two acres of forested land and making up stories and i would read stories and they weren't the kind of stories that i necessarily or i was like oh well, i can do better than that um or well if they can do it i can do it too and a lot of it for me was I wanted to put down the things that the stories I was like making my make believe stories. And it was really cool. This magical idea that I could, I could have these things in my head, these experiences that happened, I could put them on the page and other people could experience them. Like how amazing is that? It's like building something, right? Oh, I just built this house out of nothing, out of thin air and sticks. <laughs> and here it is. And books are like that, right? It's like, oh, I have this idea in my brain, my fleshy brain bits. And now I'm, you know, manifesting that onto the page and then I get to share it with other people. That's that's a kind of magic, right? Yeah. And then it is about a connection with and a sharing with other people. Um, whether or not I actually want to speak to them about that experience, you know, no, because I don't like people. But uh, it was it was a way to get all that down and to feel like I was creating that creation of something from nothing and that those experiences were not going to go away. They were going to be, you know, put on, committed to paper. And, and as a writer, trying to get better and better at communicating, right, that experience and um, that magic of making, making, I mean, it is magical. You're making people feel something from something that doesn't exist. Like they're caring about fake people and they're crying. Right. And I think about that a lot when I'm watching TV or I'm crying at the end of a novel or something where I'm just like, this is magical. Someone like just wrote words, you know, onto dead trees and made me have an emotional, physical reaction to yeah. something that doesn't exist. Like how magical and cool is that? Um, so yeah, so yeah, I think that that's that's a lot of it. Is it is it is a kind of magic, um, and there is, and that's why I enjoy my day job in marketing. Is you are causing, you are like affecting people's thoughts and behaviors and emotions, and for better or worse. Um, but <laughs> you're, you're getting into the the bad guy and curtain here, Cameron. I'm going into the saying. evil Cameron here. But it it can be good, right? We yes, it got people to smoke, but it also got people to stop smoking. Got people to wear their seatbelts, didn't it? You know, this is your brain on drugs, and yes. the egg in the pan. The so the there pan, are yeah. there are a lot of these uh, messages and images and things that we can use these marketing messages for good. We can use stories for good. That's what stories are made to do, is to influence human behavior. And unfortunately, again, there are certain segments that realize that a lot better than certain other segments of the population. But you can use that power for good or for evil 
And it's all about choosing like how you use that power, which again is why I, I am obsessed with, you know, this idea of monsters and again, the light and the dark side. You know, I think that's why we're really drawn to it because we do have an immense amount of power. And it's about how am I going to use that power um, that I have of stories. I and mean, stories is really how we learn to understand the world. And it's a tremendous power. And everyone, everyone knows it's a tremendous power, which is why they want to ban books and why they want to shit on you online to shut you up and all of that, because it is an immense power. It's that power you have for people and their emotions, because emotions are what drives people to take actions. That's hard to take, Cameron. I just, I know. know. That's a good point. We are talking again about the the, the people who can use words as, as manipulation for good or evil. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But you know that's that's a good point. You can use it for good or evil. That it's and you know you do want to tell stories to make people mm-hmm. care. Mm-hmm. That's really what it is. When I um. I still maintain that after I gave birth to a child, it broke my hormones Mm. to where I was incapable of watching even the most Mm. trite, terrible children's movie. Mm. And if they put any sort of sentimentality or pet in it, (laughs) I would cry. Not, not, Not ugly cry, not weep. There'd just be tears, and I would hate them. I hate Hotel for Dogs. <laughs> Fucking Hotel for Dogs made me weep a little bit because of dogs, <laughs> and it being an emotional children's story. And I still maintain giving birth just broke my hormones, and I cared more about the stupidest shit. <laughs> that'll get you. Mm. That's how they get you. That that's how they get people who've given birth, or people who have families, or people who've lost people. That, that mm. they, I'm starting to sound like I'm talking about the bad parts, but it's all a human experience, and tapping into that is our power. You think your power mm. is just I'm going to tell a story about X happened to Y, but you're telling that because a similar story happened to you. Or or affected you, or you cared about. And so you want to tell a similar story to people like you who might care about that. And it is it is a very complex and uh, it's kind of awesome. Mm-hmm. And that's why we do it, right? Right? Mm-hmm. No, well, that is why we do it. And here's here's the thing, too, is, you know, we talk a lot about as writers the book I had in my head versus the book that I actually wrote. Cause it's always, oh, cause that's God. like part of our journey. I know, right. Part of our, like the thing that keeps you going is I want to write the book that is, I actually, that's actually in my head. And I've done that once. And that was really? Light Brigade. Yeah. Sorry, Light Brigade? Like that turned out. Yeah. Light Brigade that turned out like exactly how I like it. And it was so odd. There was a lot of things that were super obvious, but I was like, man, if, if the last six years have shown us nothing, it's that we need to be really obvious in our political discourse. Oh my God. That's very obvious. I, I admit- <laughs> but at the end of the day, right? It, it, that was the book that was in my head. And that is the emotional experience in my head. And that is the, the driving force and emotion that I wanted to get across that. And I felt like 
that was the one book that actually did, I, I set out to do something and achieved it um, for like, again, for my ideal readers, were able to achieve the thing that I wanted to achieve. So that was cool. Yeah. That's what you write for. To me, that is what you write for. Yes. We were just like, I have this thing in my head and it's like, and you just boom and it delivers it. And whether or not, again, his light brigade made me famous and can I quit my day job? And is there a film? No, none of that. But Sold is there okay. a Jeopardy question? Is there a Jeopardy? Yeah. Did somebody answer the Jeopardy question right about the light brigade? Fuck yeah, they did. But anyway. <clears throat> not only was there a Jeopardy question, but the person got it right. I got it right, dude. She I mean, got you, it like, right. Contacted this winner and just said, "I'll give you my books forever." You really should. Forever <laughs> and ever. She I am not all your books forever. <laughs> but I think that that's the thing too, and that's a really good example too. Why do we do this shit? Because because of the Jeopardy shit. Not that I've made a ton of money and can quit my job. I can pay my back taxes, order bombs and say, I was on Jeopardy, motherfucker. Like, that's it. That's, that's it. That's the best as good as it gets. And you have to be like, yeah, and that's good. Like, that is not, that is not a failure, right? And I think, I think that's the problem with having these, uh, and that we were talking about this before the show, if you have an idea in your head that you have to make X amount of money to be successful, you will never be successful. Because let me tell you, we know a lot of super successful yeah, writers we do. who are like, oh, I should be making wine all the time. Who are success, who are like, don't have to worry about their bills, who have, you know, great, who have a bunch of movie deals. Who are, oh, I wish I was as successful as XYZ. Oh, and in fact, one of the ones we were bitching about, who is a full-time writer, makes a ton of money, has... Uh, whatever, whatever. I remember with him, I was at a convention with him one time and someone's like, oh, it's you, da, 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 talking to him. And then someone goes, oh, and this is Cameron Hurley to their friend. And the friend looks at me and starts tearing up and sobbing. Oh my God. Says, oh my God, you're Cameron Hurley. Your work has changed my life. Da, 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 da. And the guy looks at me and he goes, why doesn't anyone ever cry when they meet me? <laughs> and I was like, Wow, dude, you are never going to be happy. There is never anything in this business that will ever make you happy, ever. Like he's always chasing something. There is something he's chasing that he is never going to get. And he's never going to get a satisfaction from writing. And it was a beautiful moment where I'm just like, yeah. Even, and again, I make fun of Joe, Joe Abercrombie about this for all the time. Where, and this was before I think he's won, I think he won a Dragon Award now. This is before he'd won any awards. And he was always like, yeah, I sell a lot of books, but I've never won any awards. And I said, Joe, I'll trade you half my Hugos for half of your sales. And he's like, <laughs> <laughs> but there's always a brass ring. Yeah. And, and that's something I feel we need to remember is that, and people, again, like my agent talks to me and says, oh, Cameron, you're always, you know, bitching about, oh, I wish I sold more. People would kill to have your career. Yes. Or people yes. would kill, kill to have the career that you have. And you're complaining, you have a day job and you're not rich and what. People would kill to have what you have. Um, yes. And I think that we have to keep that in mind, too. Like I said, like you have to have these, these things go, this is enough, right? Like this is satisfying enough that I go, you know, to these events a couple of times a year and people lose their shit and people were reading my stuff and it shows up on Jeopardy. How amazing. Um, like you have to celebrate those successes that are not necessarily capitalist successes, uh, because that might be all 
we get. And you know what? That's a lot still. <laughs> it's not a lot. It is a lot. So. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I can ask you afterwards, but I'll ask you now. Do I know who this person is? Who was? Oh, you know, okay. I bet you can guess. I bet it's in your head right now, but I'm not going to say the name of after not. we Of course not. That's yeah. not professional. But you know, talk after. you know who it is. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah everybody's got the thing they didn't get. If you get, an, if you don't, if you have a successful, you know, set, you sell a book, you think, well, a movie option that would be cool you get in a movie option you think well if they actually fucking made it that really? would be cool and if they actually fucking make it you think well it could be game of thrones mm -hmm. and if it's game of thrones i will bet you all the money i have made off of my movie options that he's thinking when are these novels ever gonna fucking win a hugo because <laughs> they yeah. haven't Yes, that. And here's the thing, too. Again, I know another author who was, oh, again, that whole thing about movie deal. Well, I just need a movie deal. And if I just get a movie deal, and then we was always looking for external validation. Yeah. Finally got a movie deal, and the movie was shit and tanked. And he was pissed. He was pissed. I'm like, fuck you. You got a movie deal. You got paid whatever yes. six years. Because then it went through to the full development. But it's never enough. Well, and here's the thing. Here's, you know, you get a first season. And you're like, wait, great. I, that was out of first season. And then it's like, oh, they canceled after one season. If only I could get three seasons. Oh, you think get three seasons. But it's within five seasons. Yeah. You have to have something else as your measurement for success because the world is not going to give it to you. Yeah. So, yeah. No, that's, that, that's absolutely true. It's... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, just he hearing the various, like, you know, you, you didn't, you got the you got the option, but not the movie deal. Is a lot of people think like if you talk to authors, maybe not on record, maybe at a con, they're gonna tell you like, I just want the option to play out forever and ever because that's mm -hmm. twenty thousand, thirty thousand, fifty thousand dollars every eighteen months, and they're oh, never yeah. gonna shit on my work. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying they will shit on your work. You could have. Game of Thrones, which started out good, or The Expanse, which was awesome. Or you could have anything Ursula K. Le Guin licensed. But let, let's talk about let's talk about the business, Cameron, of how the options work. Mm -hmm. So the first thing they uh, they say we want the rights to make something out of your stuff. So we're mm -hmm. gonna ask for eighteen months, and here's okay for me twenty thousand. That's pretty much mm -hmm. been standard, um, which is fantastic. It's free money. I am not complaining at all. And then, but after that, it's, if it goes to pilot, it's this much money. If it mm -hmm. actually gets picked up, it's this much money. If it gets a second season, it's this much money. Um, one company's uh, deal, I don't know if I can say this out loud, so I'll just say one company, um, is that if it gets nominated for any awards or wins mm. any awards, it's this much money. And so it's like the option's great, but it's like further and further up the further you go. And most authors get that option. John Scalzi never had anything made. Correct me if I'm wrong. Never had anything <clears throat> made from his stuff, but it's like Not constantly optioned. Yeah, except for the, he's done the Love, Death, Robots. So it's three oh, robots. Right. The story. Right. 
But wasn't yeah. that but nothing? No, none of his novels. Yeah, none yeah, of his novels. Yeah, it's based on story. Yeah. Yeah. So, so like John, you think John Scalzi so popular? Not he hasn't had anything made from his stuff. He keeps getting optioned every. Eight but so old months. man's lore has never not been on option, which means you're making oh yeah no 20, it's a hundred. I mean, there's yeah. a shit brick of money every yeah. year. I think I remember um, it was Neuromancer, and I don't know if this is the right amount of money, but it was something like from the time that Neuromancer was optioned, which is what didn't it come out the late eighties or some shit? Um, but every year, dude's making twenty grand to keep it optioned At since least. the eighties. At least, at least 20 grand a year. Um, that's not a bad way to make a living. And frankly, a lot of people in Hollywood make a living that way is they write a pilot, they sell it, and it never gets made, it never gets seen. But they made $100,000 to write a script. Yeah. And then they just write a bunch of those. <laughs> it's so yeah. weird. Hollywood is fucked up. You think publishing is fucked up, people? Hollywood is fucked We got to get Margaret Dunlap on here because yes, she can't run the scene. Yes, oh, but Hollywood is really fucked up. Let me just tell you. Hollywood yeah. throws around so much money that never actually turns into anything. But kids are asleep. Valerie Valdez says now they're doing shopping agreements and trying not to pay you, Valerie. That's not good. Don't don't do it. Don't do. It. I will tell you right now. Don't do it. It there. It's it's them fucking us like they've been trying to fuck us from the very beginning, always and forever, because they know they need stories, but they don't want to pay for them. Um, and I will tell you again, as someone who has been pitched many, many, many shopping agreements, I did one that was a shopping agreement where they paid me a pittance amount of money because the book hadn't come out yet. So it's like, oh, okay, we'll do it. Um, and then stopped doing it because they didn't do anything with it. They literally squatted their shit on it for 18 months and did nothing. And I'm like, well, I don't want to do that. And I will never forget. <laughs> I remember this. This has been. I will never many, forget. Yeah, here's one of them. It's been yeah, bitterness. one of them came to me, and or came, they, I think they were emailing my agent, but she forwarded me the email, which was, um, I said, I said something like, well, yeah, if you want to option it for another six or eight, if you want to actually, you know, sit squat on it for six or eight months, I need five thousand dollars. And he came back, and she's like, well, you know, I've been talking to a lot of financiers, and they say that they can option bestsellers for five thousand dollars. Oh, really? <laughs> a good one yeah no just wow. don't I, I was talking to a friend who has had uh stuff made and and was just like he's like dude if someone is fucking serious and they actually want to make something they'll pay they will find a way to pay you ten thousand dollars these people have plenty of money sitting around what they're doing is they're collecting ip and they're yeah. getting their little tips and they're squatting on your shit what you want is somebody who's willing to put up money for it don't do it yeah it's not um, make sure that they are investing something because if they're not investing something, then they're not invested, are they? And it just sits. And you could be with someone else who's actually doing something with it. What, so. what you're doing is you're tying off your own hands in being able to get money from someone else. I've mm -hmm. never experienced a shopping agreement and I never want to. That sounds awful oh. and ridiculous. And no, it's very you silly. You cannot get a bestseller for five thousand dollars i'm sorry i am not a bestseller and i'll just tell you 
the options I've had have been more than 5,000. I'm just oh saying. God. If you can and get I know, and more than five, you can't yeah. get a bestseller for five. Unless they yeah. have a terrible agent. Terrible agent. And some of them do. I still know. there. I did know, actually, there was a dude who had a book that was a bestseller who was, oh, well, I just did a shopping agreement for $500. And he's thinking, that's amazing. Because here's a... Yeah, people don't know, Mer. Writers don't know. They just think they believe everything that. And here's the problem with Hollywood. Hollywood will talk and 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 talk. But when it comes to actually giving you money, good luck. They like to blow smoke. They love to blow smoke. And here's and I always and I ask people again. I know people who've been you know working in Hollywood or successful in Hollywood, and they're just like, that's how we survive. It's by being incredibly optimistic constantly about everything. And we always are talking to people because that's how we figure out if we can actually work with them. And I'm like, well, that's great, but my fucking time is valuable. Yeah. I remember we did a light brigade thing where we have like all these people who are interested, like from things you would recognize, um, production houses and things like And I talked to so many people over like two weeks and I was exhausted. Did they ever pull any cash out of their asses? Not a single fucking one. Not a one. Right? And it was amazing. Like I was talking to people like I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. I can't believe I'm talking to these people. And nobody came up with any money. And they're made, you know, and they would all give their reasons for it. And this is a friend of mine said, do not do any meetings unless they already have sent like, here is my initial offer that I'm considering to give to you if this works out. Otherwise, don't take the meeting. Just don't do it because your time is valuable. Yeah. You could be writing. Exactly. And that's only two beers in, Mer. I know. Don't I know. Me. I know. I probably should have started with something less strong than less crummy. Yeah. Um, I don't have a lot of complaints about Hollywood. They gave me some option money and then they went away. And I've never had to deal with the whole, like, let me flatter you and that should be enough. Because you can go to Food Lion and you can buy meat and pasta and rice with flattery. Here's what a man oh, from Hollywood said to me i'm gonna hand it to the cashier and she's like oh wow impressive here have well he he's worked with michael douglas though (laughs) i mean give me give me your best ground beef for that one (laughs) (laughs) now bring in the angus it's every here michael douglas it's not michael (laughs) douglas never mind That's what happened. Oh God, it's all too real. People, people, you are, you are listening to Ditch Diggers because we keep it real. We keep it real on Ditch Diggers. Yeah. We do, we do. It's it, it's hard to complain about the the diamond shoes, but you got to know what happens with. Yeah, when but you don't want to be going t- around, and you've got a book deal. It's it's exciting, yeah. but it's like they imply that there's a lot more. Mm-hmm. A lot more diamonds falling from the sky. Not. Not so much. No. So, yeah, and I think, I think that's, that's just important. Again, and that's why this is, I love this podcast because it is a professional level podcast. This is like, hey, this is writing 201. It's awesome. You are writing things. That is amazing. Don't get fucked now. Yes. Because <laughs> everyone's up to fuck you. Because <laughs> everyone gets their piece, you know? Um, and you're, and this is always important. 
your work is valuable. If your work was not valuable, they would not be having meetings with you. Your work is valuable. Yeah. And that's also super important to get across to writers. If you're being approached by people, it's because they think they can make money off you. Yes. And they think if you make money off you, you should be making money. Yes. Don't don't downplay your own value. And if you need to have your agent stepping up for you, saying that this is not worth our time or our effort. So remember that. And if you're being approached by Hollywood, then for God's sake, get an agent. You you can get an oh, agent God. somehow. Oh, do not talk to these people on your own. No. Oh my. Don't. No. Because they will blow smoke. And let me tell you, that smoke feels good against your anus. <laughs> it is not worth it. It is only smoke against your anus. If you think logically. Sweet massage. What does <laughs> smoke against your anus do? <laughs> Nothing. Uh, so, even if it's like caressing and warm, <laughs> don't do it. You need actual money. And I've, I've had exper- I, I've had meetings where, like, there was actual money involved, mm-hmm. and it never turned into anything. But I, I sat there and I felt good, and I'm like, okay, mm. part of myself who does this podcast is said. Mm-hmm. This means nothing until the check is signed. And I got a check, yep. but like, as they were talking about it, I remember there's a word. It's expedited. Mm-hmm. When Netflix was, had Orange is the New Black, but not mm-hmm. much else, they were trying to option Shambling Guide to New York City. And they're just like, we love this. We're going to expedite this. It's going to be super and hot. And I'm like, orange is the new black. Yeah, here we go. Expedition. Let's go. Make it fast. They didn't even announce it until a couple of months into the second option. And I remember I took a nap that day. And I woke up and I looked at my phone and, and Twitter was exploding with, oh my God, congratulations, Mer, hooray. I'm like, what the fuck happened? And I realized Netflix had finally mentioned that it had optioned my work about 21 months ago. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I'm kind of tired, so I'm not excited about that anymore. But yay, it's public. And no, it never happened. There was no expedition. There was no expedited bullshit (laughs) script it just they bought the rights they didn't do anything with them i got some free money again yeah great not not free money down the free money it's awesome we love free money money should flow to us free money yeah 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 gene wolf mentioned that 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 options are like basically you're a prostitute it's like you go out you 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 make, you give away your thing you get you make your money and the next night you can give away your thing and make money again it's it's just like it, there's nothing solid I don't know it was it, it was kind not- of funny but weird but also it's like yeah, yeah it money comes in and you have to make it sure was an old man thing um yeah but uh, and I think that's that's a fundamental thing too. Is people there is okay? There's there's a few Hollywood terms. We got to do a whole thing on Hollywood again. We got to get Margaret in here. Um, yeah, I know. Is that an option does not mean in development does not and in development does not mean in production. In yeah. production does not mean greenlit. Greenlit does not mean we have wrapped. 
there is a whole series right of things and we we just saw this with Batgirl right we spent 90 million dollars we did the whole entire thing everybody got paid everybody's cashing their checks no one is ever going to see that shit unless somebody leaks it which I'm sure will happen eventually um but it's being shit canned and no one's ever seen it that's how Hollywood works that there are these specific like things these hurdles that you have to go through and everyone gets paid a certain amount yes at each of those which is why you can so you can make a living in Hollywood, having your stuff only go through like three first gauntlets, but you can make a ton of stuff. And I think John Rogers was, was talking about this uh, with me on Twitter where he said, you know, my, you know, uh, green light to actual seeing a production made is like 25%, like 25% of the stuff that I pitch, I actually get to see, or that I'm involved with actually gets to see. And he's like, that is, that is a huge percentage. That's considered yeah. super high in the industry. Um, because most of the time you could just make a living just pitching stuff and maybe being get to the first or second gauntlet. And then it, you know, it just falls apart because, oh, we changed direction. This person left. And, and I think for writers, you know, that is like, it's shocking because they're willing to shit out so much money and then they'll come to you and say, well, I could option a bestseller for $5,000. Yeah. You can write off ninety million for a show that no one's gonna see. Hold that for the money, my friend. If you if you never get anything out of ditch diggers, and you're listening to this fifty-seven years from now, and I am dead and gone in the grave, please know, get your fucking money. Get your fucking money. Do not walk away without any money. Your shit is valuable. If you walk away with nothing else from me on all of these things, please remember that. I just want to say talking that I have money. I've not had a bestseller anywhere close. I guess Star Wars was close, but that was already a movie. So the other stuff, the original stuff, not a bestseller. And I've gotten a lot more than (laughs) 5,000. And I'm not a bestseller. So they will say anything to you. Know that not a bestseller at all. Gotten more than a lot more than 5,000 for an option. And, um, it's weird because people around you still refuse to connect to the fact that option means no one else can date you, but it doesn't mean you're going to the prom. Yes. And it's like, <laughs> great, yeah. to the prom. No, I'm only going to the prom if this person decides I'm going to the prom. Decides to go with me. But yeah. I got a dress, so that's cool. <laughs> And but he's paying, so shit, why not? They, they bought the dress. It's yeah. awesome. It's a beautiful dress. But, uh, and again, I don't want to be an asshole here. It's free money. There's nothing to complain about. It's ridiculous. I have made more money off of the Shambling Guides uh, option than I had the Shambling Guides uh, advance. Mm-hmm. I made more money for something that never got made. Never happened. It's, it, yeah. it is free money. It's fantastic. But it's like, no. It but they happen. have the money. Yeah. And they've but got they this have. money to just throw shit around. Yeah. We do need to get Margaret on. I know. And maybe next in the next month, you and me and Margaret will talk. Yeah. See if, see see how she's not going to name names, but she'll have no. a lot of insider knowledge. Of course no, not. No, yeah. no. Margaret Dunlap is a friend of ours who works in Hollywood, uh, writes, has written for Dark Crystal and Barbie most recently. And what's really cool is uh, when my kid had a friend, these are 19 year olds, kid had a friend over and 
she's mentioning like you got to see the Barbie thing, and my kid's like, "Really, Barbie?" And she's like, "No, you got to see it. It's smart." I'm like, "My friend writes for Barbie. Oh yeah, my friend makes that smart shit. Oh yeah." Uh oh. Done. Whoa. It just made a sound, but you're still here, and I'm still here. So okay, okay, we're good. So okay. yeah, Margaret writes for Barbie. Margaret wrote for uh, uh, Dark Crystal. Margaret's amazing, and we're lucky enough to have her as a friend. So I think we should have her on. And I think that Dark Dark Crystal won an Emmy, but she can't say she's Emmy award winning, right? Well, she can because of Lizzie. Not, the Lizzie Borden Diaries. Not Borden. Borden's the oh. murderer, isn't she? Oh. Anyway, there was. The anyway, murder. she'll she'll set us right. Yeah. <laughs> she, she 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 worked on a web thing that won an Emmy it's a amazing long time ago, and she doesn't have the statue, but she keeps she us sane when we winning. complain about Hollywood. Yeah, so and she, and she can and she's like, oh yeah, things. I just kind of fucked up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now I've asked her. I'm like, you job? work, you work, and see. Here's the thing: is like we complain about fiction, and then I hear about people in Hollywood, and I'm like, thank you, K. Kimmy, Lizzie Bennett, and at Art for the Apocalypse. Lizzie okay. Bennett. We should do Lizzie yeah. Borden Diaries. I was just gonna say, shit, we just came up with a great concept. Let's go south. Uh, we're ready to auction that one now, if anyone yep. wants to call. For yeah. 6000 <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. No, it's... it's the The weird thing about Hollywood is, I think about all the times I feel like I've been done wrong. And Cameron, mm. I'm not going to name names about my situation or your situation, but you and I talk in private. I know the times yeah. you felt you've been done oh, wrong. Oh, yeah. But I think about, I have like, been done wrong. the yeah. people in Hollywood who oh, like, worked and worked and worked and worked and worked and never had anything come to screen. I think about the, the granted, I don't know many actors, so perhaps there's their situations were different, it but it's works. like, I think about it the works. woman... I think about the artist, the, the actor who was Rob Geller's first wife in the pilot. Mm -hmm. She wasn't in any other episodes. I I think about other people who were like had bit parts that would have been huge, but they didn't keep going. And I don't know if it was them or the show, but it's like you 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 get this part and you act this part and you do awesome, and then suddenly. <laughs> the, the part keeps going and you don't and you're like wait that was my okay no that oh, was not my I... part it's like this shit in Hollywood I don't know how they stay alive I really don't uh, no I uh there was a point in my life where I was like hey I really enjoy acting and I really enjoy writing and I was like well I'll be able to write a whole lot longer and I won't develop an eating disorder yeah and that was like, a huge deal like I, I seriously considered it and I was like I can write for a lot longer and I will actually be hitting my stride at 40 as opposed to my career being over at 40. I mean, Hollywood is brutal. Yeah, um, it really is. And I remember actually uh, the dude who writes the, um, <clears throat> the Witcher books, oh, he yeah. said, well, didn't you want to be involved? Yeah. With the, the production. And then I was like, why would I want that? I just wanted to them to send me the money and I give it to people who know what they're the fuck they're doing. And yeah. that's just cash the checks. And I'm like, yes, I just want to cash the checks. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not twenty anymore, right? Like I'm just like I love writing books. Books are great. Hollywood is a beast. So, so, so here's a here, here's a fun question. I was as I came up in my career, I've been taught that you don't you don't get any say. Like even that lady in Scotland didn't have a whole lot of say in the movie. She had she had a lot more than any of us. 
But it's like, then suddenly you hear about the Expanse guys. They were involved with the Expanse, and so was Martin. And I hear that Jemison is, although Jemison's stuff is not hit the screen yet. I know it's, mm-hmm. like, moving forward, which is great. It needs to be, but it's not there well, yet. Well, and uh, Victoria Schwab wrote First Kill for that first season for Netflix. Oh, yeah. shit, I didn't realize that. Oh, she did. Good for her. Yeah, I was, I was very proud of her, even though, again, one season, but hey, good season, great stuff. She got to write for it. That was really solid. So yeah, um, it happens. Uh, but, he, but here's the thing: more recently, but it seems it's like we should, still shouldn't get our hopes up. No. Well, here's the, it depends on what you want. And here, once again, channeling Margaret, she always is asking, "What do you want from Hollywood?" Yeah. When you're talking to these people, what do you want from Hollywood? Do you just want to again be the Witcher guy, take the money and run? Do you want to just be a consultant? Do you want to be hands-on? Do you want to actually write the shit? I mean, it's all about what do you want from Hollywood? And knowing that before you start talking to Hollywood, which I think is a super important point, um, because that's going to also make it really easy to say yes or no to people when you get served up certain deals. Um, And I think that the more you know about what you want and what you want to do, the easier it's going to be to make the kind of deals that you want to make and to connect with the people that you want to connect with to make something great. Um, and I think that's, that's super important. I know. And I think about that as a writer as well. What do I want? You know, what, what hill am I willing to die on? My agent asks me this a lot when we come to negotiating contracts, right? Are we willing to die on this hill or can we move on? Um, and I, I've died on a hill before. Um, but for the most part, it's like, well, no, I, I don't think I need to die on that hill. So, um, so yeah, I think that's, important thing to know about yourself about your career which is why i feel like you know now that i'm in my 40s i feel way better about and more confident in my career and where i'm going because i've had to think about all of these things and i've been you know pressed at the co- to think about these questions and you know what do i want um what do i think i'm good at what makes me happy um so it's a good experience and with that it is like 6 30 i know so. i've been keeping you far too long um Starvin says, I assume in the era of Marvel when Hollywood wants rabid fans grounded in the source material, being faithful to the original is a selling point, so now involving the authors is a revenue-generating marketing point. I have I have, I have, things to say about different media, and uh, I can't remember whether I was going to do this for Ditch Diggers or I should be writing, but uh, there is a reason to change things with a new medium but it's far too late into the stream to do that so um we can talk about that later cameron thank you so much for all of this for letting me yeah. retell the story i want to say that i did not retell the story of the nazi boot but we had to retell it so that people knew yes but you I said it changed every correct. time it didn't change i didn't change anything it's like playing telephone. It's fine. It's I literally were playing telephone from 1939 or whatever. So it's it's all good. That's true. Anyway, but I felt like if I felt this was 
this was a good use of our time. I think so. And I hope it was a good use of everyone else's time who was listening. <laughs> I certainly <laughs> hope so. They're still with us. So I really I hope it's worth that. at least a five thousand dollar option. It should really be a five thousand dollar option. This whole podcast should be a five thousand dollar option. Mightymartgmail.com is where you can find me if you want to offer this five thousand dollar option and I will buy Cameron a really good bottle of scotch in thanks. So uh, Cameron, tell people where they could find you online. Hey, y'all. You can find me on TikTok and Insta and Facebook, but mostly just my assistant runs that. Um, And uh, Twitter, at Cameron Hurley. That's Cameron with a K. And, of course, you can uh, get a short story every month from me at patreon.com forward slash Cameron Hurley. Starting at a buck a month, you get a cruel, amazing revolutionary tale of war and blood and god knows what so there's really no better um deal on the internet you certainly aren't paying five thousand dollars for it. <laughs> so, blood so. and god knows what for one dollar y'all clearly uh that's where you can find me so that i uh i that's where <laughs> I'm at Murverse.com, MightyMartGmail.com, and if you want to see this live on Mondays, either noon o'clock or 4.30 o'clock, depending on who the guest star is, um, it's twitch.tv slash MightyMart. And if you want to support all this for $1, actually, I'm not sure. I think we're at $3 now. I might drop it to $1 at some point, but I'm not sure. Really good business plan right here, me talking. <laughs> Patreon.com slash MightyMart. Go check it out. It's never going to be higher than 3 so not a lot to lose. This podcast was produced under Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. Music provided by Devo Spice, devospice.com. Ditch diggers. This is a free podcast brought to you by the kindness of our patrons. If you would like to also be kind and a patron, go to patreon.com/mightymur.